Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, and we are streaming at WCEV1450.com. Now, if you are new to the Radio Islam family, we're on every evening from 6 to 7 p.m. Central, coming to you from Chicago. And you can keep up with us on social media by following and liking our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. And also take a moment to stop by RadioIslam.com. You can also check out all of our past episodes, uh, guest bios, information. Just keep up with the news, the goings-ons and stuff uh, with the program. Uh, and last but not least... For all you podcasters, uh, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. We are on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, TuneIn, basically anywhere that you're going to get your podcast. And you will find us, as you would on social media, at Radio Islam USA. All right. Uh, Radio Islam family, as you know, we, we pride ourselves on having conversations uh, that, are, that are meaningful, having uh, guests that can, uh, that can share uh, important information. Uh, and to basically to expand our our consciousness and our ability to act uh, in response to the things that are going on in the world today. So that said, uh, I am really happy to have on the line with us today, uh, Brother Ilshat Hassan, uh, and he is the president of the Uyghur American Association. He's also the director of the World Uyghur Congress, uh, the Chinese Affairs Committee, and we welcome him to Radio Islam. Assalamu alaikum. Thanks for having me. Oh, it, it is our pleasure. And uh, I'm so glad to have you on. Uh, you know, I just kind of just want to just jump right in. Um, we've talked about uh, the the uh, the horrific treatment that the Uyghur are have been subjected to um, uh, to date in China. And uh, one of the things that I recently saw was an article that talked about how the intellectuals of the Uyghur community are now being targeted. Uh, but for those who are not familiar, who may have not heard those past episodes where we talked about the Uyghur, could you give the Radio Sam family, uh, just kind of give them a tutorial as to who the Uyghur are and, and what is the present day condition? Uyghur people uh, was having a long history uh, from the ancient time, and uh, it was written, uh, recorded in the Chinese, Persian, Arabic, uh, all the historic books. And in modern day, since uh, 1888, uh, the Manqing Dynasty, mm -hmm. after uh, conquered the China, the Manqing Empire, and in 1911, Manqing Empire was uh, overthrown by Chinese revolutionary, and uh, we also started to get our independence, and we had modern-day two republics. One is established in 1933, uh, 12th of, uh, of November. The first one is Turkestan Islamic Republic, and uh, it was destroyed by Soviet Red Army together with the Chinese uh, Occupation Army, Nationalist Army. Mm -hmm. And then in 1944, the same day, 
12th of November, uh, we had another one, East Turkestan Republic, uh, established again in the East Turkestan, uh, in the industry city, Wulja. And it existed until 1949, the communist takeover, and uh, by the help of the Stalin Soviet Union. So we lost our uh, independence since 1949, last one. And in 1955, in October, the Communist Chinese set up another one, uh, special region. Its name is Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region, mm -hmm. which means the government, Chinese government, according to their constitution, granted Uyghur people the autonomous right. But it was only on the paper. It's not in reality because they controlled all our sources, its natural sources or human sources, whatever, uh, through the party system. They always have a party boss. He is the higher than any Uyghur administration official. So since then, we are continue struggling for our freedom, our dignity, our cultural preservation, our Islamic identity. And the Chinese, uh, before the reform, 1978, the Chinese economy was very weak. The Chinese communist country was very weak. So they used other means uh, to uh, destroy our culture by uh, migrating a lot of Chinese to our region. In 1949, the Chinese population in our region was less than 6%. Mm -hmm. 6%. And now, the Chinese population, according to the Chinese statistics, it's already in 40, 48 or 40, close to 50. But it's only wow. the population they uh, counted no military and no paramilitary. And in our region, they have another one, uh, kind of independent organization. It is called Agricultural Industrial uh, Production Corps. Mm -hmm. This corps is not belong to the Uyghur Autonomous Region's administration. It is directly uh, get their orders from the central government from China. They have more than six, 60 million population. So if we are counting this all, then the Chinese uh, population now is more than the Uyghur population, or even include all other Turkish uh, Muslim minorities uh, population. And in, especially after the reform, so-called reform in 1978, mm -hmm. Chinese government intentionally sidelined, marginalized the Uyghur, Kazakh, Uzbek, the Kyrgyz, all uh, Muslim Turkish minority, and encouraging the Chinese to monopolize all local products. For example, the cotton. Mm -hmm. It was the China's number one export uh, product, cotton. And the second one is uh, the tomato paste in Central Asia. Uh, export to Central Asia or other Islamic country. And also, we have very uh, abundance of the uh, oil, natural gas, 
and the gold and the, some other uh, ailments. So this land becomes the Chinese uh, explore ground. And also, China started to test their nuclear weapon mm-hmm. in our land starting from 1966. And it was very 200 kilometer, less than 200 kilometer, uh, close to the very populated ancient Uyghur city, Turfan, which means this people was polluted by the nuclear test, uh, something. And so we had a lot of disabled uh, kids, uh, people. So we are suffering in this uh, nuclear test. Let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. When it yes. comes to something like that, because the uh, the Uyghur autom- autonomous region, it is a it is a materially uh, rich uh, area. Um, yes. And uh, and then you also mentioned the uh, presence now of, of nuclear uh, materials um, that are that are having an effect on the the Uyghur uh, who are there. Um, what has been the response of the uh, of, of the Chinese um, government, uh, and you know, in, in once this is brought up, uh, Chinese government they treated the Chinese people who, uh, uh, because of the nuclear test, they they, uh, they had some suffering or injury. They give them compensation because most of them was the military guys stationed in that area. Mm-hmm. And giving them uh, free health care and some other uh, compensations, but for the Uyghur people, they just neglected them, ignored their plight, and never giving any medical treatment, mm-hmm. any compensation. Even they didn't acknowledge this problem is existed, and we have the proof from Jap- Japan. And from Kazakhstan and from other countries, the scholars study uh, evidence mm-hmm. at the Uyghur people. And also, UK made a movie. You can Google in the uh, YouTube. You can find it, Death on the Silk Road. That was a movie about this uh, nuclear testing affected on the Uyghur people. Right. Mm. Now, one of yeah, the things... Yeah, basically the government ignored it. Okay. All right. So, and, and this is in light of uh, a uh, of the reality that there are right now, um, what I'm hearing estimates are 2 million people who have been um, incarcerated in these quote-unquote re-education camps, the majority of which are um, a Uyghur. Um, yes. Yeah, please uh, go ahead and speak this, about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, for the Uyghur people, because of this mistreatment, they asking for the justice, asking for their uh, freedom, and asking for equal rights. But the Chinese government never acknowledged they mistreated Uyghur, and instead they were thinking Uyghur people is creating problem for the Chinese government, and they say Uyghur people is not loyal to the Chinese government. They are always terrorists or some uh, separatists or sabotage, blah, 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 blah. And after the 2001, uh, uh, happened in the United States, immediately the Chinese government changed their tone 
and they are accusing Uyghur because of Uyghur's Muslim background. It's uh, their cultural part of their identity. And they, uh, they, uh, the Chinese uh, government, I remember very clear, mm-hmm. the second day of the 911 in 2001, mm-hmm. the Chinese officials say, we are also suffering from the international jihadists, and we are facing this terrorism too. And then starting labeling Uyghur people as a terrorist group. Mm-hmm. Whole ethnic group they were labeling and they were profiling Uyghurs. And they started a smearing campaign to depict Islam as a terrorist uh, ideology. And it's an extreme ideology. So they put in the internet, in the everywhere, even you can find it in today. I have done a research. Mm-hmm. You can find the in the Chinese uh, website, they were insulting Islam, insulting Muslims, and they were saying that Muslims should be get rid of from the earth uh, because they are all is radical, blah, 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 blah. And with this smearing campaign, the Chinese government very successfully fooled Chinese people and then, starting from 1980s, the Uyghur was excluded from culture in China from all societies. They were uh, openly discriminated, they were sidelined, and they were mistreated and oppressed. Then this tension became high and high and high. Mm-hmm. And then, in 2009, it was a watershed uh, uprising in Urumqi, the Uyghur people, and had a uprising in 5th of July in 2009. Mm-hmm. And in this uprising, we were used, went to the street in the beginning. They were pro- peacefully demonstrating and asking the government official to come out, have a dialogue. But the government instead sent the police with a life weapon. They shoot them, they killed them. Then this became a mass uprising. Mm. Then starting that 2009, and the Chinese government yeah, started mass arresting. And in 2009, from 5th of July until end of the year, tens of thousands of Uyghur youth get disappeared. No one knows where they ended up. Until now, some mother is crying, some father is crying, and try to find. And uh, since uh, then... In 2017, the Chinese central government uh, bring the Chen Chenguo, who is the boss or party boss of the Tibet. He is the most cruel, brutal oppressor. And when he was in a party boss in Tibet, the Tibet self-emotion is reached its highest. In the one year, 248 people did self-immolation in Tibet. And yeah, for his, this cruelty, the Chinese central government giving him a promotion, move him from Tibet to our region, become the party boss. Because only in uh, our region's party boss can go to the Communist Party's central standing committee. He becomes the top 20 of communists, one of the top 20. So after he got this promotion encouragement he started the uh, so-called re-education camp 
and uh, rounding up all Uyghur, Kazakh, Kyrgyz in this modern-day concentration camp. And they confiscated all Uyghur books because our script is exactly the same as the Arabic script. It's only simplified. Mm-hmm. So they confiscated all Uyghur's book in Uyghur language. And from 2017 of September, they stopped all Uyghur language in education system. Uh, and they go house to house search for Islamic book, search for Uyghur language books, search for prayer uh, carpet, Mm -hmm. uh, searching for anything related to Islam. And the most uh, ridiculous uh, uh, announcement is asking any Uyghur whose name is Muhammad, uh, Shahidullah, and it's a very typical Islamic name, all has to be changed. You cannot use that name as your name. Whoa, whoa, hold and on. Say that again. They're telling people they have to change their names? Yes, yes. They're asking the people to change their name. Whatever your age is, you have to change it. If your name is Muhammad, Saifi, uh, Shahidullah, uh, Iman, uh, uh, it's typical Islamic meaning right. or Islamic name. You have to change it. If you are not changing it, you are you end up in jail or in concentration camp. This is uh, in 2016, late. Hmm. Let me ask this. And, uh, let me ask this question to you, um, uh, Brother Ilshan. The so the the, um, the government is not. They have dis- disenfranchised uh, the Uyghur, uh, whether through and I'm imagining you speaking about employment, um, uh, politics. Uh, you know, within the media, uh, in, in every single way that they can be. And then when uh, uh, Uyghur youth decide to assemble, to protest, they were not met with dialogue. They were met with violence. Um, yes. So so what what this brings me to is uh, I mentioned at the at the outset that there is now what is being reported as an assault, uh, direct assault towards the uh, intellectuals in the Uyghur community. Um, and if if you could speak to that, because the disenfranchised in any population, wherever you're at, it's your people who are able to, uh, to think and to plan. Uh, these become your leaders. Um, and if these are now being attacked as well, uh, then... You know that, that that's a very significant uh, development. Could could you speak a little bit to that? Yes, sir. And uh, uh, while they were rounding up mass rounding up the Uyghur people, yeah. they first uh, arrested the Uyghur Islamic scholars. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you read it or not. Uh, in 2017, early uh, around March. We heard the big sad news is the first Uyghur Islamic scholar who translated Quran from uh, to Uyghur language, mm-hmm. uh, Muhammad Salih Haji, is a leading Islamic scholar in our region mm-hmm. and very famous in Central Asia. He was uh, get arrested and he was sent to concentration camp and he died over there in 80, 84 or 86 age. Mm-hmm. After yes. he was in concentration camp, just few months. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, uh, following that, um, most of the Uyghur uh, Islamic scholar all was get arrested or get sentenced. Some died over there. Then from this Islamic side, they go to the secular side. Uh, the scientists, ling- linguists, and the Turkish historian, uh, Uyghur historian, uh, all of them. And even, even the president of the region's number one university, Xinjiang University's president, Hashbullah Tayyip. He is a Communist Party member, mm-hmm. and he also was get arrested. And the uh, president of medical university, Halmarat Opul, he was a Communist Party member. He was get arrested, and they were sentenced to death, suspending for two years. And also the normal university's president, uh, Azad Sultan, and the Kashgar University's president, Arkin Nobul, uh, yeah, and some other computer scientists, Uyghur intellectual, and the poets, writers, singers, dancers, and comedian, Adil Mijit. He is, uh, mm. yeah, one comedian. His name is Adil Mijit mm-hmm. because he went to Hajj a few years early. And what we heard is because he went to the Hajj, so he is deemed as the, having extreme ideology, so he was get arrested, and he was uh, now despaired. We don't know where he is about. This hmm. is the, oh, we have the name uh, around 700, we were intellectuals. This uh, 700, because they are having been show up in TV, some of them having been published books, giving speech in public. So we know these people, they are most well-known Uyghur intellectuals. And what I heard is they were running up from the elementary school to high school until the university and the vocational training, all Uyghur intellectuals. A lot of them, because not having a chance to show up in the TV, or show up in the radio station, or she, uh, written a book. So we don't know their name, but they are the majority. Wow. And they were all despaired. It is, uh, they are destroying whole a Uyghur nation. Yeah. Whole Uyghur nation. Because we are Muslim. We have this Islamic faith. That's openly what they say. They say, uh, especially when uh, in November, the United Nations Human Rights uh, Committee asking for China for more detail about the Uyghur's condition mm-hmm. and allow them to visit Uyghur uh, in Uyghur region and the concentration camp. What the Chinese government's response was uh, to uh, to the UN and to the European country is: Did you guys see the uh, uh, Paris uh, terrorist attack? London terrorist attack, we are preventing it. We use the peaceful means to rounding up them and giving them education over there, de-extremizing these people. This is the Chinese government's claim. And, and, their, and their estimation, they're saying that simply to pray um, makes you an extremist. Uh, not eating pork yes. makes you an extremist. Um, going to the masjid 
makes you an extremist. Um, and uh, there are also reports that um, they're also you, placing you, people in people's homes. Hmm? Yeah. They're placing people in people's homes uh, to, to, to basically spy on them. Now, I, yes, sleep with the Uyghurs <laughs> at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and how long? Yeah. When did this start? Uh, I would say uh, the Chinese government's anti-Islamic ideology started very early. Communist uh, and the, for example, the communist Chinese communist. Party's uh, chapter, they have one paragraph openly say, religion is our final goal to uh, destroy it and eliminate the religion. This right. is their goal. So they started very early, but the world wasn't known, uh, didn't know about it. And uh, they intensified this kind of anti-Islam, anti-Muslim, rhetoric with the policy actually it started from 2014 they had a anti-terrorism law and uh, in our region they had uh, uh, the anti-terrorism law implementation uh, impl uh, implementing policies specific to the uyghur people they have 76 uh, definition for what is extremism. If you have an Islamic name, if you have a beard, if you are not uh, uh, eating food in the Ramadan, and if you are praying in the public place, if you are praying in the other's uh, uh, so-called library or hospital, all is extremism. You can be arrested. Mm. Mm. Uh, and so in 2014, this, this really ramped up. Uh, is that also when they began placing people in, 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 in homes uh, to, to monitor whether or not they were extremists? Yes, yes, yes. The policy started very early, actually, especially for the Ramadan. When mm. I, I left uh, my region in 2003, before I left, I was a associate professor in a college, mm -hmm. and in uh, our administration, uh, I remember it's 2001 or 2002, and one time before the Ramadan, the party boss uh, asking all teachers uh, go the meeting room, and he announced anyone, and if you are Uyghur or whatever Turkish uh, Muslim background. You cannot fast, and you have to monitor your student. If any student had fasted or they prayed, mm -hmm. uh, they will be dismissed from the school, if student, and they will put on the uh, education monitoring class. Uh, and if it's not changed or if they were deemed as cannot be changed, then they will go to the uh, two years uh changing uh, through the uh, labor. It's a kind of jail. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, started from the 2001 or 2002, very early. Mm. So has this, this obviously, I don't want to say obviously, um, you tell me, it would seem though that this has definitely impacted the relationships between the Uyghur and the Han uh, Chinese. Yes, definitely. 
because uh, the, of the government, there's uh, mistreatment and the labeling of Uyghurs and anti-Islamic rhetoric. Is there uh, uh, some policy? So Chinese people always feel Uyghur is very violent people and the Muslim is violent. So they are discriminating because of the government's encouragement. They are uh, open discrimination. And then this intensified the Uyghur with the Chinese antagonistic to the each other. Mm-hmm. So uh, this become a bigger and bigger problem. That's the why it erupted in the 2009, 5th of July, become uh, a uprising. And to, it's uh, in the 5th of July, uh, Uyghur was shot. And in uh, 9th of July, all uh, the Chinese government giving the Chinese people in Urumqi everyone all kinds of weapons uh, and encourage them to go to the street. I have a Chinese people's uh, guy's uh, diary, in this diary, the government uh, secretly giving the Chinese community, you can kill any Uyghur if you met them. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah, yes, I have the diary in Chinese, and it was given to me by a Chinese guy who is living uh, in Urumqi at the time. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is this is definitely tragic. Um, uh, it is an abomination. Yes, and uh, for for uh, my personally, mm-hmm. my brother, younger brother, uh, after I left in two thousand three. Uh, my younger brother, Imam Hussein, uh, he was killed by Chinese mob in 2004, four, uh, 27th of uh, November, and uh, for no reason. He was that. eating in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was eating in a restaurant, and the Chinese mob came in. I don't know if that was the part of the retaliation from the Chinese government to me uh, for my activism. And they came to him and they say, uh, you are Uyghur, you need to leave this restaurant. My brother said, I just want to have my breakfast. And they say, we can kill you. And they started beat him and stabbed him to death on the side. And no one stopped oh, this atrocity until my brother died over there because of the bleeding. Mm-hmm. The police not show up. It is my lifelong regret because when I leave my country, I was on rush. I don't want the police find out I'm fleeing away. Right. So I didn't inform any of my relatives. Only my father and mother knows that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't say goodbye or farewell to my brother. And it become ever for hours my regret. Mm-hmm. And also 2014, because of my uh, activism in United States, they arrested my elder sister. She is a single mother with two kids. She was a nurse and she was expelled from the job and she was get arrested. Since then, I got lost with them, any connection. And my father died because of this all uh, trauma in 2015, mm-hmm. uh, 4th of April. And uh, after a few months, I got lost with my mother. Now, it's already been three more years. I don't know if my mother is still alive. I don't know if she is in home or in concentration camp or in jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, any one of my family members dare to contact me. 
and I uh, I can't reach them. I tried it, all the phone number I have. No, no one. Mm. Brother Ilshat, uh, we make dua for you, for all of our brothers and sisters uh, that are there. Thank you. Um, and you know, we, we definitely have to keep, uh, and and you have to keep because you have been you have dedicated uh, your own life, even to the. Uh, even with the realization that, you know, it, it comes with such, you know, terrible reprisals. Um, so we continue to pray for your well-being as well. Uh, and as far as your brother, I just, I, I could you. not let that go by without saying, you know, may Allah forgive him any errors and grant him paradise. Um, I mean, so we we thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. And I would like for the Radio Islam family to know how they can support uh the work uh that you do with the uh, Uyghur American Association as well as the uh uh World Uyghur uh Congress uh, are there any online resources or any uh any social media anything like that that they might be able to tap into if you uh to support yeah uh Uyghur American Association we have uh, our website uh uyghuramerican.org uh, and also uh, org for the Uyghur Congress. And also we have another one, uh, information uh, gathering and studying, uh, producing report organization called Uyghur Human Rights Project, uh, org. And uh, do your best. Uh, we need help. We need help. Urgently need anyone of... Uh, uh, have conscious people's help, especially. Uh, I wish my Muslim brothers and sisters can stand up, because a lot of newspaper. If you look at it, it says uh, specifically two days ago, one of the British newspapers say Uyghur is suffering, but Muslim leader is silent. And it is shame on us, shame on us. Yes, they're uh, attacking us, attacking. One Muslim is means attacking all of us, our faith. They are insulting our faith, insulting our people, uh, and destroying our culture and faith. So we need to come together to fight for justice, for freedom, for democracy. And please help us uh, by uh, visiting our website. If you can do the donation to help our organization. Uh, and also you can find a lot of information over there, uh, some personal testimony uh, all over there. So yes. thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for audience time. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yes, sir. And may God bless all of us. Amen. Amen. All right, Radio Sound family. Uh, that was Ilshat Hassan. He is the... Um, he is the president of the Uyghur American Association as well as director of the World Uyghur Congress. Um, before we go to break, I also want to let you all know about an upcoming uh, event that if you're in the area or willing to travel, that you can come out and show your support. April 6th, there will be a massive rally for uh, Uyghur Muslims in Washington, D.C. Uh, and this is a part of the work, the activism and advocacy that Sound Vision uh, continues to do. Uh, so we'll make sure that we give you more information on that as the day draws nearer. Uh, once again, um, Brother Ilshad, we thank you. And uh, Radio Islam family, we're going to take a short break, but we will be back in a moment. This is Radio Islam on WCEV 1450 AM.